The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and and talk talk about it. it. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Obviously, please give us a five stars and a review. I actually just found out... um, that you can also there are stars now on the uh on the what do you call it um spotify app you ever go on spotify vince i heard of it yeah it's like an app that joe rogan owns or something oh yeah anyways uh yeah there are stars there so uh now that i know that please if you're one of those you know spotify people who like loves to listen to podcasts on that app Give us uh, all the stars, please. Also, if you've been trying to review a podcast on Apple Podcasts, I just discovered that you can only do it on mobile. So uh, yeah, don't yeah, be trying to do it on your desktop because it doesn't yeah, work that way. Yeah, if you've been trying um, and failing, it's because you're trying to do it on your desktop. Which is um, weird because, every- like, you know, I like to type on my computer so I could come up with uh, you know nuanced thoughts and uh, and totally and, and good type takes. things out. But no, you got to do it with your thumbs. Cool. Thanks, yeah, Apple. Th- they force you to do it with your thumbs, but uh, I mean, it's a small price to pay for a free podcast about the Sopranos. Yeah, you can so, just say it's good. You don't have to get yeah. too in depth about it. Yeah. So please do that. Um, I have noticed that we haven't gotten a new review since uh, December 29th mm. of 2021, and uh, I'm starting to get mad about it. So um, please do that now. Also, real quick, just a reminder: Sketchfest is canceled. In case you didn't, <laughs> in case you're still trying to buy tickets, please so, return your tickets. Uh, you can't. They uh, they postponed it so that your oh, tickets will ooh, count for oh, a year sure. later. Oh, good. When when we are done with the Sopranos, so that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out at the time. Yeah. But in February, we will be doing our live stream. So keep an ear out for the date on that. I uh, think Erica Nord has big old beautiful milky titties and Kenley Bidwell has the strongest dick in the world. Second most actually to Ryan, the $200 patron who um, I wish could open up my asshole with a speculum and live inside of me. (laughs) All right. Now that (laughs) that I've done that. Patreon.com slash broadcast uh, to be our patron. And if you do the big bucks, then I will. If you're just dip- tuning in, this is a podcast about the Sopranos. We yes. love to talk about the themes, the art. We know why you're here. You love uh, a show, which we're about to break down, but 
Not before one of our donors <laughs> lives inside Matt's asshole. <laughs> First that, and then Sopranos. Yeah. All right. So speaking of Sopranos, today we are going to be talking about from season six, episode nine, The Ride. And our guest today to talk about this particular episode, he is a fantastic stand-up comic. You know him from the Never Seen It podcast, and he has a uh, stand-up album out right now called Happiness. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, welcome to the podcast, Kyle Ayers. Hello. Hey, I like if you're just tuning in, like it's a podcast and they're just like, I start three minutes and eight seconds in every time. I like to imagine if you're tuning in for the first time, but you know, oh, that makes more sense. If you're going through your dial of podcasts. (laughs) In my mind, the reason you said that is because you assume people just skip 30 seconds uh, as much as possible to get past all the announcements. Yeah, we call that the old Marin. Like, it's what I do, uh, you know. Yeah, back, back I think in the they days. switched it from 15 to 30 seconds because of him. I think it was skipped 15 right? seconds at a time, and then Marin was like, I'm going to go nine minutes up top. Like, We're going to go 30 seconds skip. Just yeah. talking about Apple, his cat. Apple Podcast is going to like a skip forward eight minutes and 50 seconds button. <laughs> Honestly, though, there's like at this point, there should be just a way, the same way that like Netflix has a like skip intro button. There should be like a skip, <laughs> skip announcements. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, otherwise yeah. it's just like Marin go, I'm nervous. We know. <laughs> I have always thought about, so I had a pretty extreme surgery in May and I was worried about dying in it. I had a brain Damn. surgery. Oh, shit. And uh, uh, I was literally like, you're sitting like, I might never wake up from this. Really wish I didn't watch the Game of Thrones intro every time. You know what I mean? You're like adding up the amount of time that you did. Like, man, I really wish I wasn't mad about the crown. Yeah. Weeks of your life dedicated to watching every intro. Two minutes intro. and 30 seconds every time for six 12-episode mm-hmm. seasons. Just every prestige yeah. TV. Could have done without those fucking dots at the beginning of morning show. Didn't even like Westworld. Watched the intro every time. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, that had like the best intro. It's a good intro. Mm -hmm. The Westworld one? No, the best intro is True Detective season one. That's also although it was so good at like ruined intros. HBO was like, we this is what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're we're melding our intros together so they look like the ad for Photoshop you see before (laughs) YouTube videos. It does look like the, uh, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram and there's an ad for a new uh, a new movie making app. Yeah, that's that's basically what it looks like. Make, but, take a picture yeah. of you and make it look like a deer is also there. Yeah. <laughs> and just have a, a, a southern woman singing about dying. That shit is hot to get uh, a minor minor chord cover of a major chord. Happy song. That's oh, what you that's, want. Dude, that at this point, uh, if a trailer doesn't have that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm uh, not watching that I'm not, movie. I'm not watching the movie. <laughs> they, yeah, I remember in Boss Baby 2 when they took Walking on Sunshine and put it in that minor <laughs> chord. Uh, so, Kyle, mm-hmm. this is a this is a Sopranos podcast. This is a Pranos podcast. Um, what are, Thank you uh, for saving me that time. We talk about Pranos. <laughs> we talk about Pranos. Pranos are our favorite. Um, I went uh, to library look up all facts about Pranos. We like Pranos. New pod. Um, so, do you are you uh, are you a fan of The Sopranos? I have heard of it. Um, okay, and so I heard of it before I watched every episode of it a couple times. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Oh, nice! It's Hell in yeah! Order. Yeah, 
Did you uh, did you watch it uh, when it was out, or was it like one of I those? I did not. I was okay. like a. Uh, uh, re- I'm real late to the game for most things, but this yeah, was same. like a probably 2016. Oh, all right, all right. I think yeah. I watched it for the first time and then rewatched it early pandy. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have like uh, who, do you have a favorite character? Someone that you're like, that's my guy or girl. It all makes me sad. All um, of it. Who are your uh, guys? But this is what it was frust what was not frustrating but like uh daunting about the episode that y- y- for this one is that it's Christopher yeah. and uh while he has a lot of the toughest episodes this one is like low key and underrated um tragedy tragedy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty dark this is uh the episode where we get to see um Chris relapsing twice. Although, I mean, <clears throat> technically he's relapsed a few times this season, but it doesn't does... count if it's in California. That's true. Uh, that's true. That's 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 the rule. Yeah. Different uh, different area code. Then uh, it's not cheating. There's something tough about rewatching uh, season six a episode nine and not quite remembering the timeline of events around post Tony waking up pre yeah. the end of the show events. Right. Yeah, I but mean, I think I, I got a good grasp of them. But I just watched, I just rewatched this one this morning and was actually crying. I'm like, it, it really, oh. this one really. I mean, I, I, this is like, I'm emotionally stunted in a lot of ways. So it's sure. generally media that makes me cry. Same. But this was like, uh, uh, you, I don't know when you don't get to go. Th- the big events of the show upon rewatch aren't as drastically emotional. Right. Yeah. Like I know you probably like. You you just like I know what happens. It's the the, the shock, but it's these small things that start the snowball, mm-hmm. right? Or re pick up the snowball that you think they could have avoided doing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like just upon rewatching it, I do realize that all the stuff that I thought was great the first time around, or you know, surprising or cool or whatever, just doesn't it doesn't hit the same. Um, it's it is just. I guess I'm older now, so for me, it's the emotional processing of the tragedy that the characters go through. That's what gets me. Whenever, whenever they realize um, how sad and terrible their life is. This yeah. is actually uh, when I first watched the show, an episode that just sort of happened. When I rewatched the show, this is one of my five or six favorite episodes of the entire series. Nice, nice. And well, so when it was like this one, I was like, ah, I know well, how that one makes me feel. Good. I'm glad, man. I'm glad, you know, there's a lot of emotion in this episode. There's uh there's a lot of uh I don't know. This episode to me also has a lot of um this weird uh awkward sadness uh about like jokes not being funny anymore between friends. Mm. Uh that that that's like a big theme in this episode where it's just like uh they they rob the vipers and then they just try to relive the magic. Um, he literally it, is like, "Remember a minute ago." Yeah, it, <laughs> and it doesn't hit. It doesn't hit the same. No, and, but they're both acting for each other to make it seem like okay for the other one. And, and Tony's like, and even Chris even just says the only thing he remembers, which is Grizzly Adams. Fuck. He's yeah, like, oh, right. Remember, Grizzly Adams, and yeah. Tony's like, "I remember when you said that." Yeah. yeah. Uh, the wine isn't good anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's so sad because I think we've all. I mean. That's almost like the podcaster's dilemma right there is just like reliving funny moments from previous podcasts and yeah. going like, are we really laughing about this again or are we 
just stuck in a loop of remembering our past glories. I think this episode, the more you watch and rewatch it, the more what the ride is will change. Yeah, that's true. There's many, many different rides. Ah, for it's me, called it's, the ride. it's always Matt's mom. But uh... Listen, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> is that just because she broke and busted those kids' teeth out? That's God right. yeah. damn both of you. This is not a podcast about my mom. No, this is a podcast about The Sopranos. And we, of course, cannot talk about The Sopranos until we have first heard the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today we are going to be talking about, once again, Season 6A, Episode 9 of The Sopranos, The Ride, which premiered on May 7th, 2006. Vince, break us off a little piece of that imdb.com synopsis. Polly finds public opinion turned against him after an amusement park ride accident. Sorry, an amusement ride accident. <laughs> Christopher tries to start a new life as a husband and father. Okay, that is uh, that's basically it. Um, Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode came out? Yeah, that's right, Matt. You know, we cannot evaluate culture uh, divorce from its cultural context. We have to sure can. bring that context back and put it in the proper... Uh, uh, context. Context. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Um, and for that, we go to the Remember When machine. What? What? Teddy, Daddy, Baba, Shoebop. Remember then, 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 then. Remember when? Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. That's right. We're going all the way back to May 7th, 2006. That was the year. Uh, big news. Uh, President Bush uh, said, I would like to close Guantanamo. Oh, um, hell yeah. 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 So I'm sure that would uh, that that's going to happen any minute now. Uh, well, he's the president, so clearly yeah. he did it. President George W. Bush said Sunday that he would like to close the U.S. prison at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, but was awaiting a Supreme Court ruling on where suspects there might be tried. Uh, <laughs> he was in Berlin. Uh, Bush was asked by the German public television station ARD how the United States could restore its human rights human rights image following reports of prisoner abuse. Uh, of- I love the idea that they're like, listen, we have to wait for this drawn out legal process in order to uh, close this place where we do uh, very quick extra legal processes. You just picture yeah. you just picture someone like waterboarding a guy in Guantanamo. He's like, "I'm sorry, it's just caught up in the courts right now." Yeah, like, wow, a lot he's of like red pouring tape. it on the guy, and the guy's like, "I understand." <laughs> it's a lot of red tape. You know, democracy moves slowly. <laughs> oh my god! Of course, Guantanamo is a delicate issue for people. Bush said in comments to be broadcast on Sunday night, "I would like to close the camp and put the prisoners on trial." Our top court must still rule on whether they should go before a civil or military court, Bush added. They will get Mm. their day in court. One can't say that of the people that they killed. They didn't give these people the opportunity for a fair trial. 
Oh, dude, that's right. That is a great justification right there. That's right. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what happened after this, but I assume it was just a very short. You won't find out until future episodes of this podcast. When <laughs> that's, you look right. It up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Stay tuned. Don't look it up. Yeah. Don't yeah. look it up. Just trust us. We will give an update. There uh, will still be an update on Guantanamo when you're doing the episode of this podcast about the movie. Yeah, That's right. Like, you'll <laughs> exactly. still just have a Guantanamo check-in the, yeah. about the many saints of Newark. Right. The new the new Sopranos series that comes out will just be like, uh, is Guantanamo closed yet? No? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> the many saints of Guantanamo Bay. Um, mm-hmm. In other news, uh, Medal of Honor pretenders steal real heroes' glory. Oh, uh, shit. Stolen Valor in the news. That's right. Uh, the Congressional Medal of Honor Society reports that there are 113 living rep- recipients of the nation's highest military award. But an FBI agent said imposters outnumber the true heroes. There are more, oh, well. <laughs> there are more and more yeah. of these imposters, and they are literally stealing the valor and acts of valor of the real guys, said Tom Cotone, who tracks such pretenders in addition to his work on an FBI violent crime squad in West Patterson, New Jersey. Wait, that's his job? Is looking up for people who are stealing uh, stealing valor? Is that part? No, is it that- says in addition to his work on the FBI violent crime squad in West Patterson. So, I oh, mean, he, he takes splits a- the He's duties. just in this for the love of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is something he does on the side. I mean, He's his- literally stealing the valor of someone else's job. <laughs> <laughs> his main job is uh, turning Adriana against uh, Christopher, but his right, side right, hustle right, right, right. is, yeah. Is uh, stealing valor, people. Yeah, uh, it's hard. Picture to... this guy like putting on heels and jerseying himself up to go talk to Adriana at her club. <laughs> just going deep cover into the club, just to just to ask Adriana if she knows anyone who claims to have a Medal of Honor. <laughs> you know what music I love? The worst music. Me too. I made a whole. I got a whole club that we let him in here. Oh man, I mean, does it give any examples? Because like, I, I feel like there are some people who may not have a medal of honor but they deserve some sort of medal for pretending to have one for a while sure sure you know it's hard to know the exact number of imposters but there are about 25 pending investigations says catone who has been investigating faker since 1995 oh tight so it only took him 11 years to find 20 that's almost (laughs) that's just over two a year (laughs) is is it illegal to pretend you won a medal of honor what do you get from it They're going to have to pay back many 10% at various chain restaurants. (laughs) There's a lot of waitresses who are like, I fucked just some guy. This guy owes an airplane a a standing ovation. This guy owes a whole airplane full of people applause. (laughs) Just every airport he walks through, he's getting applause. He has to give it back. What do you give someone with, I've never given anyone with a Medal of Honor anything before. I don't think I've, if, if I saw someone wearing a Medal of Honor, I wouldn't know that's what it was. I'd be like, oh, that guy's insane. Yeah, <laughs> you only yeah. see insane people That's wearing the medals. medallion that protects him from plane crashes. I would assume like if anyone's Obama. wearing it in public, it's stolen valor. I would yeah. assume like if anyone is like pretty much at this point, I, stolen valor is almost fake to me for the amount of people that just uh, military cosplay themselves up to go out in public. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you get a medal of honor, act like you've been there before, you know. Yeah, I mean, That's I'm just what my at, dad always taught me. At at this point, it's like everyone is stealing so much valor that um it's you know they're they have a little valor a different type of valor you know it's a type of valor that says oh i would really like to be it's pretty brave to steal valor i mean that should get you a medal yeah 
Medal, Medal of Stealing Valor. That shit rules. That's right. Um, and finally, the uh, Sopranos is in the news. Uh, as you know, Sopranos has become front page news at this point. Uh, this wow. is from the New York Post. Sopranos goes broke back. At- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Admit it. The last place you thought you'd see a gay romance is the Sopranos. But the anointed HBO mafia drama has enlivened up what has been an otherwise lackluster season with the surprising and peculiar stirrings of romance between waddling gay mobster Vito Spadafore and short order cook Jim Witkowski. The attraction began at the New Hampshire diner where the ruggedly handsome Witkowski serves up plate after plate of scrumptious Johnny cakes to the rotund Spadafore who's AWOL from the mob and his family. When Tony tries to stop the homic homophobic members of his crew okay that would be everybody from putting out a contract on Spadafore Vito is blissing out in his New England Hamlet mooning after his hunky cook uh, it's a little uh, reductive to call Johnny Cakes a uh, short order cook he's not just that no he's also a motorcycle enthusiast volunteer he's also uh, a volunteer fireman mm-hmm. um, he also he's you know Fu Manchu curator that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know as you said tall. before, he, he's tall. He's he does four out of the five village people jobs. Mm-hmm. This guy is. <laughs> Imagine um, the village people. The one of them is, in an effort to be PC, we've removed the Native American and we have short order line cook. <laughs> <laughs> he just has to walk out there with you know, a spatula. He actually full goes of by Johnny the Washington cake. village people now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, put some respect on Johnny Cake's name here. Yeah. Not- I forgot that that was that was just a couple episodes before this one, wasn't it? I, I, see, oh that's, yeah, that that's was the sort last of episode. the storylines that I kind of like. What you don't remember what order the the Tony wakes up to the last three episodes right. stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, and this episode completely ignores the veto storyline yeah. and uh, saves all that good stuff for uh, for next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love it calling it broke back. Like it's just, that was really going to, that was really a verb for a little while. It was, people were like, man, this, uh, when a thing gets gay, that's some broke back shit right there. People loved it. If you have a short order cook. Okay. (laughs) Uh, that's, that's, uh, Jeff Brokes worthy. Very, very good. uh Uh, of course, in a scene right out of Brokeback mountain, the two men came to blows before getting it on. An HBO representative claims the episode was written before the Oscar-winning movie was released. But in a mm. later scene, the two guys are seen biking into the Sylvan countryside and sharing a topless kiss. Yeah, it was, I mean, you know, there, it was very broke back, I guess, in, those, in, in, in that sense that they did fight and then kiss. And then they also are in the middle of the wilderness um, making out and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. certainly broke back can't be the, the only cultural reference of like, men doing unfortunately doing g- i think stuff. it might have been yeah maybe it was <laughs> it, it was definitely it might have been the only cultural reference that a casual sopranos television reviewer would also have in right. like their holster yeah 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 this is the first gay shit i've ever seen next to <laughs> will and grace you well, see that's, a movie that invented gay. gay i was gonna say i mean that, like will and grace invented like the classic uh flamboyant gay but uh right well you didn't we didn't get to see invented. those masculine tops on screen until broke back and uh johnny cakes episode yeah, yeah, hot stuff, hot, yeah. hot stuff. It, throughout the pandemic, there's nothing I really miss quite. I don't know, like if I had watched that episode, I would have wanted to go to House of Pies or like a diner or something. Oh yeah, I really, really coffee and 
pancakes are things when I see them on a screen that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about those. I love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I, I I'll admit, like the, the and surprise. just sort of sitting around a diner, like it's your uh, favorite it. favorite bar. Where I love it. People come. I love in a diner more like, than a bar. I yeah. think. Oh, there's Norm. He loves Johnny cakes. The Sopranos usually makes me hungry, but this is the first time it's made me breakfast hungry mm, because yeah. um, just watching him like slather butter on top of some. Some good old flapjacks. Mm, yeah, that, that yeah. makes me. This hungry. was a pretty low uh, food episode. Uh, the ride. What yeah. they do have that I like is, but they didn't showcase is fried street uh, fair foods. Mm, which yeah. I yeah, yeah. And then their only trip to the restaurant was like lamb, and then some poor sad poly joke that didn't land. Yeah, they yeah. They, they they talk about Zeppelis a lot for only showing like a split second of one. I know another food I love. Yeah. yeah. Shame. Uh, and uh, there's a cannoli eating contest. That's something. That is right. I the, my, I took notes while I was watching it, and literally all I wrote down in the notes was, "I'm pretty sure they actually got real professional eaters." Yeah. <laughs> I recognize one of the guys. I recognize one of the guys from the hot dog. What contest. the guy oh, with like the yeah. Ford on blondes hat and the uh, and the and the Counting Crows dreads? Was yeah. That a prof- yes. Yeah. I think he's a professional eater. I was like, "There's no way they just hired that guy." I want to say Matt street. Stoney. I want to say his name is mm. you know. Oh yeah. That sounds right. I I heard of Matt Stoney. I could have done so much research, but yeah. I didn't. Uh, well, he's, this podcast isn't about research. He's right yeah. South Parky with Trey Parky. <laughs> with Trey uh, Parky. Yeah. Uh, the top movies. In it's the- Crazy Legs Conti. Oh, I did there it. you go. Oh, so not Matt Stoney. Not Matt Stoney. The Close top enough. movies in the country were uh, Mission Impossible 3, RV, An American Haunting, Stick It, and United 93. Uh, all all good movies. All, Though yeah. that was not that was two separate movies there at the end, right? Not American Haunting, Stick It, Colon, United Ninety Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't have colons at this point. In, that was uh, in movie did you see, yeah, did you see the recent Saw movie, Colon Nine Eleven. The top uh, pop song in the country was SOS by Rihanna, and uh, the top rock song. Of course, was Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh shit! Man, this that... really did take. This really was that year. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. You're listening to all stuff. I'm like, it did happen then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Danny California coming out and mm-hmm. being like, "Really, another one about California? Yeah. Uh, at what point are we going to get tired of that? Like, uh, you kind of want them to move to Arizona just to write a new." type of song this seems like the song like when in my memory danny california is all gibberish words like yeah slam bama lama gamma gamma uh turn it down and give it to your grandma like i don't think yeah yeah i think that was pretty much it actually that was it i think those are literally the lyrics and that's uh, that's been the remember one machine all right so that's what was happening at the time that the episode came out now it is time for the bada b stories where we get into um, all of the, you know, things that happen in this episode. Um, but uh, I just want to say that uh, based on the reaction of the, the last few Bada B stories, I've, I've realized something important, which is that when I actually play the song for, uh, for Vince uh, and the guest, I never play the whole thing. And um, I feel like because of that, Vince misses out on the best part, which is the part at the end where I um, just kind of say whatever I want to say. Sure, yeah, yeah. I like the free association. Yeah, so um, so I'm only going to play that. And if you want to hear okay. the rest of the song, obviously stick to the Sounds end. Sounds good. Vince's mom eats the poo-poo 
his dad does too. They drink calm. Vince will cry when his mother sucks my boner. Now I'm Vince's new dad. My name's L.A. Matt. In that ass with that cat. Flap, 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 flap. Yeah. That, uh, Paul Simon, what was that? Oh, that's the Beatles. Two of us. Oh, fucking okay. sure. Bro, sure. come I on. I watched that doc. I saw that part. Yeah, I saw that. You got to watch the doc. It's a million hours long, and it's mostly them going, should we break up now? Yeah. I don't know if I, I want got, to keep being I in the like, band. I got like 10 minutes into that show. I was like, wait, is this is this going to be the whole show? They're going to do this? It is. Whole, I was like, yeah, It I'm was good. like eight hours of, uh, no, no, you can't make fun of my friend. I Only I can make fun of my yeah. friend. <laughs> because was... the second anyone else says anything, they're like, fuck you, I love John. Yeah, never yeah. talk to me again, John. Like, it's, oh, <laughs> it I like how right, I saw but some, they are right. I saw someone that said, "Like, see, this proves definitively that Yoko didn't break up the Beatles." And it was like, "Sure, but it also proves definitively that she was weird as fuck and just sat there staring oh, yeah. at him the entire time." Like, I don't think, yeah. No, I think it proved to me that like uh, Paul McCartney is the only one who was just like, "Well, what if we did a like a." Um, you know, a little boom ba doom ba doom ba doom, and then people were like, "Oh, I don't want to do that." And he's like, "Well, why don't we just break up the fucking band then?" Like, <laughs> the like, thing that is act really fascinating to me about it is you always wonder how bands write the nonsense part of their songs. Yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah. like a dibby boop boo, yeah. and then he's just like, he's like, "Oh, he." It was a filler for words, and then he got bored. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He found something else to do and never. But got, I, it, it, I, got I left that thinking. That I left that thinking they were all more talented than i gave him credit for i oh, was just for sure. like i thought i was like this is like a uh, uh a flash not flat but this is like a perfect combination this the they're also like a branded built up massive thing i left that thinking like paul is a insane genius yes yeah and then they all literally do bring their own unique things even yeah even if they didn't listen to george forever and then he released like 50 great beatles songs in a year afterwards <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was sitting on this shit. That album I had never really listened to, whatever his solo thing. Anyways, we're getting way off topic. No, no, no. It's I think this incredible. Is, the this solo is, stuff Harrison released afterwards, is inc- it's all the best. It's incredible. And the worst part of it is, is watching him like play fucking, um, you know, All Things Must Pass. And yes. everyone, and, and Paul's just like, well, I have this one song about Jojo as a man who thought he was a woman, <laughs> but he was another man. They and were it's so like, bored with Harrison. Sucks. I saw Ringo pulled out his cell phone and started scrolling through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, George was like, I, I had a fever dream last night, and this is what I saw. And Ringo's like, Oh, here he fucking goes again. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, the, it just shows that like half of keeping a band together is having like a an older man uh, yell at you and tell you to get up and get to work because yeah. without the without Brian that guy Epstein, was gone. yeah. <laughs> As soon as like Paul McCartney had to be band leader, everyone's just like, mm, I'd rather do drugs. It gave me a weird, uh, uh, it, it made me think about Nirvana and um, Dave Grohl yeah. and how there was also this sort of like world class, you know, it's not the same whatever you think of the Foo Fighters, but like he was sitting on 80 songs playing yeah. drums and yeah. it was never like, uh, Kurt, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt, I got one. 
I got another another boring as fuck song for you, Kurt. Pitching Monkey Wrench to Kurt Cobain. (laughs) It's a song about how you don't want to be someone's monkey wrench. But it really made me be like, man, that was at least nice of him to not like, who (laughs) knows if that eventually would have happened. But he was just like very much, this is a guy who has all these ideas who knew it wasn't his band type of thing. Yeah, good for him. You know, that's know, know your place when you're in a band. That's I mean, what I say. The Let Beatles the should genius... have just listened to Harrison. Yeah, that's true. They they all should have listened to Harrison. Um, all right, Sopranos. Anyways. What a show. They were show. a bunch of tenors. Um, so The Sopranos uh, is a great show that we're going to talk about right now. Uh, <laughs> this is a podcast where the guy forgot to watch The Sopranos, and yeah, now he yeah. has a whole podcast about it. Yeah, now, it's um, good. so anyways, Sopranos, it came out in 1999, but this episode, it didn't. Um, so what did we think about the episode, The Ride? Let's get some general thoughts going. Vince, how'd you like it? I mean, I, with all due respect to Kyle, uh, I, I, I thought this was a good episode but to me it's like a transitional episode like it mm. does a lot of tying up of loose ends from past <clears throat> episodes that i didn't even remember not resolve like i sort of forgot that Polly never resolved things with his nucci uh mm. and then she comes back and then uh the adrian like how it, t- it gives us the flash flashback explaining you know basically exactly how the whole adriana thing played out uh right but it how also, it went down you know adds a few new wrinkles and um you know i i really appreciated uh sort of the last episode is about how w- america is sort of in this crisis of meaning like we're we've gotten back to normal but normal is like starbucks and jamba juice and everybody's right sort of realizing how empty and hollow that is and that's kind of this for the mafia now like Christopher and Tony are trying to go back to doing regular gangster shit, but they realize is they realize mm-hmm. that they're not really getting any enjoyment from it, and they're just going through the motions. Yeah, even the Saint Alziers feast uh, feels like um, a a pale uh, mimicry of what was probably once uh, a beautiful festival that they loved when they were kids. You know, like trying to relive these like glory days. Um, so, That's yeah. what I love about this episode. I think there's yeah. moments in this that could have been the end of the show. Oh, sure. Mm. I really yeah. truly do. This kind of, to me, Polly doesn't do much more. And yeah. this is, can I give like a massive spoiler or to the end of the show? Or do we not want to get into something like no, that? No, no, no. You can go ahead. Huge. But Polly's kind of the only one who lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In a complete manner of that, you know, depending on your interpretation of the ending for Tony. But, but like... This is kind of the end of Polly for me. Is like mm-hmm. of his major arc is he makes a actual good decision, which most of these guys don't, mm-hmm. especially as it goes along. They're faced with these very blatant, obvious good or bad choices, right? And Polly makes the nice decision to go back and, and tie things up with his not mom, and yeah. um, and that's nice. And that could have been the end of him for honestly, that could have been the end of him forever. Well, because yeah. that like kind of wraps him as a person. I think he's the only part of the reason he's the only one that uh, can sort of live in the Sopranos is because. He's the only one that like doesn't have a family. Like he has no one yeah. in life really. So he sort of can continue to live. Right. His uh, life in this... is the most miserable moment to moment. <laughs> right. But he's yes. bringing that upon himself. So him being alive, he's very afraid of death. He's very superstitious. He overblows everything that happens. So mm-hmm. his punishment is having to kind of live with that. Right. Right. And also, I think him yeah. coming yeah. He also has no family to sort of because Tony, like the the conflict for Tony is like trying to 
live as a 21st century family suburban dad, but also live uh, in like the 1950s world of what it means to be a mafia boss. And like, yeah, Polly doesn't really have any of that uh, conflict. He can just live in this uh, fucking I, Godfather the actor who Polly's line delivery when they ask him if he has a history of prostate cancer he's like i don't even know like it's so funny because it's just like i can't believe my family history is haunting me again what is going on it's just so great i i I like this a lot i i really but but that's because i think the the tragedy of the show to me is christopher Um, yeah and that this is just like once again i know i think it's just something i don't want to present my favorite scene no no please but Christopher in the car mm-hmm. with that junkie lackey oh. is so tragic because <laughs> yes. this this the whole show is summed up in this one thing. This guy is talking about this idealistic thing he's trying to get done on mm-hmm. this part of his life while doing the most self destructive, yeah, just self-destructive thing you can. He's literally like snorting H. Yeah. And he's and talking he's like, I got he's... a basement. I'm gonna get a you'll come over is the saddest shit you could ever. You, yes. he could ever say you'll come over sometime is so yeah. sad yeah and just like you know simultaneously telling him to get his shit together well you yeah. know and and then still doing fucking because he front thinks of him. he's tony to that guy yeah 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 exactly but exactly. that guy's a complete like breaking bad level junkie yeah and, and i love so is chris the first thing he does after he takes the bump is go how do you like this car? Just yeah. just sitting in there to just I'm doing brag good, right? to him. I'm doing yeah. good, right? I'm doing good, right? I deserve well, a little treat. It's like funny even before he starts doing heroin with a guy because it's like you're talking to a junkie who is just like itching and hoping to do some heroin soon, and all you're and you're like you're telling him about the tile in the new house you just bought. He like, so desperately <laughs> wants to be that tone because the earlier in the episode he he's so open with tony which he always wants to be but yeah. he he struggles because tony is emotionally stunted to such totally. an insane degree but he f- is actually finally what i i love 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 when they end scenes in this episode they cut them right before the lines that you're finishing in your head and it yeah. happens over when he's talking to tony he's like and then you know i came over to your house and and then there's a beat and then they cut that out yeah and you know he's talking he's gonna be talking about adriana but they don't they don't they make don't. it play through the tropey stuff. You see him building up to wanting to say something, and then yeah. you see Tony like crush any semblance of like sincerity that could possibly happen, and let's right. go corkage feast some bottles and, and right, <laughs> yeah. I, I just back to the junkie in the car. One of my favorite moments in that scene is he's looking over at him, and he's just like, "Oh, there's something about you know, there's something about those works, man. Uh, I don't know, really." <laughs> Really wets my whistle. What, Something I don't, about what, heroin that really does it for yeah. me. And he goes, you know, what's that about? And uh, the junkie, not knowing, like, is he supposed to answer this question? He just goes, I, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I, oh, I, have a, I have a clip of that. You know, you really got to get yourself some help with this shit. I will. I'm gone. Those fucking works, so. Wets my whistle, that spike. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> you want some? Me? Okay. It's just, you know, if, if you want. Guess I could toot some. Hey, I meant what I said, though. You need to get your ass to rehab. <laughs> just the idea of doing heroin in front of your junkie friend and then just being like, honestly, though, 
You're fucking up right now, dude. It's real sad. <laughs> he really is trying to force the father relationship on somebody, I think, or at least like yeah. The, uh, he 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 just this whole but this whole episode is like everything needs to be how it used to be. Mm-hmm. This is everything cyclical. Mm-hmm. The way Tony describes uh 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 every day is a gift, but why is it always got to be fucking socks? Yeah, it's like so sad yeah and honestly they haven't been doing as at this point they don't do as many of the therapy scenes mm-hmm. and this one is one of the best ones i think in the whole it's yeah well, it's, it's like he's like good. aware christopher finds out he's having a kid and so he prematurely gets in to dad mode and he starts like trying to dad really hard and uh you know yeah. act like he's reached this great milestone in his life but one he's an idiot and two all of his father figures are fucking terrible uh right. including tony who basically just just like he forces positive <laughs> traits onto tony that tony like even seems to be like what are you fucking talking yeah yeah i know yeah. i love you like what are you every time every time tony is confronted with chris's like alcoholism or uh you know the fact that he's an addict is confronted with him being in recovery he is not failed to make Chris feel like shit about being in recovery and he yet, really makes he, his trying Chris's, to undermine uh, him at every he, stage. he just he he like like I think people do this in real life. Oh, Although yeah. Tony is a giant sociopath piece. Of, people will really he makes Chris's uh uh um illness Tony's burden. And right. he makes Chris feel like a burden on everybody. Right, right. And I he's mean, just like, oh, this shit he makes it seem like Chris is like talking about like a broken leg or like some like his right. dog or something. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like this shit again? Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it, it's funny you mentioned the opening scene. I I loved the opening scene because um, when he finds out he is uh, going to have a baby, he is sitting around watching the movie Saw, <laughs> yeah, and right. you can tell he's studying it because he's making the movie Cleaver, and he's just kind of like, <laughs> it's How just does like it could even be Saw Two. Who knows yeah. at that point? But yeah, it's, <laughs> he really wants to. Uh, you know, he he, he wants to to make cleaver as good as saw which is a, a i think a, a good goal for him um and then in this scene he uh it sucks so much it's a very adriana centric episode in a way because it just shows how if you are murdered in the mafia for you know snitching uh and obviously you know the body's hidden and no one knows who, where you are you uh, Part of your punishment is not just the murder, but also getting trash talk for the rest of your death. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, I, I have a, a clip of that opening scene. Tell me your earring went in the fucking drain again. I'm pregnant. I know it's my fault. I know I shouldn't let you take off the rubber. I, I thought we were okay. I was due for my period. My cycle's like clockwork. Stop. I'll call the clinic tomorrow. Stop talking. Let's get married. Drive to AC, make a day out of it. I love you. <laughs> I actually couldn't have kids, and I wanted them so bad. The one who ran out on you? You can bet she's having some other asshole's kid, though, that fucking tramp. <laughs> I had to rewind it's whole, that. It's really sad. It makes me really sad. I'm sorry, that line uh, was hilarious to me. Like I rewound like... it because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> that he, he gets finished telling her that, yeah, she couldn't have kids, uh, but since she well, ran she's off, out there having me, kids. she's probably out there having kids with every guy. Yeah, he just irrationally needs to hate her to justify yes. what happened. Right, it's the he only way he can. Her. He needs yes. to scab She it couldn't off. have kids. It it can't be that like uh you know I got the the, the Adrian so irrationally stayed with Chris, yeah. even having nothing to do with the mob. 
Yeah. Even yeah. if if Chris was just a dude who worked at a dry cleaner. Yeah. She he really brought so little to the table, and she was so ambitious. Yeah, and she would have stayed with. Her. I think like the it wasn't a, a question of her being into him because he was a mafioso or anything like that. I think if he, yeah, if he was someone who worked at a laundromat, she uh, would Time stay with just, him. Did you just say laundromat? What's what is it? Laundromat. laundromat. Yeah, thank laundromat. you. Laundromat. Unbelievable. Laundry, isn't it laundry ma? I thought it was a soft. <laughs> It's a soft tea. <laughs> Laundromat. I, I go to a fluff and fold at a laundromat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that she was irrationally in love with a really, really bad guy. And uh, and Chris knows that. And I think, you know, uh, he he loved her or, so much that he he needs to hate you her. Do, he, it's, co- it's coping. The word cope yeah. has really been like uh, uh, destroyed by the Internet in the past few oh, years. Oh, sure. But, but it, it's just his coping mechanism is he, she has to have been terrible. Otherwise, yeah. why did he do this? Yeah. And he gives all of her redemptive quality. Everything is just destroyed. And mm-hmm. clearly he's lying. You see it like it's destroying him. Yeah. And he's found a perfect rebound in that he found someone who blames herself for letting him take off the rubber, which is <laughs> right. just a great series that's what, of words. That's exactly what he needs is like the most passive possible yes. person yeah. who's just looking to like be settled at yeah she 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 claims everything as her fault just so that he can be the magnanimous one yeah appear to be appear to himself as the magnanimous one by uh, by doing the bare minimum yeah that's the difference between kelly and adriana is like adriana like at least in some fashion kind of like uh had agency or like had a personality and with kelly um, you can tell that like her role is essentially subservient uh, to the extreme so that like she's yeah she's she's like without with just a look uh, she's like obviously I'll get an abortion like I'll do whatever you say to do and uh, that only drives Chris uh, to want to be a dad even more um, but yeah so Chris shows up then to the bing and shows off his wedding ring and uh, he tells the entire crew about uh, Kelly and the baby, and uh, then he. It's posts- one of the few moments there. Not one few. Tony does it a lot, but like, that's one of the times Tony reacts how Chris wants him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, and it's proud. like a, it's it is crazy how many of the actual nice moments in the show are like, oh, but this dude's talking about like. Uh, having a shotgun wedding at this like at this strip club like you know what i mean right, it's like yeah, if you think yeah. you break down the elements of what brings them joy you're yeah. just like oh man it's sad <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. sad yeah but they know that at the end of the day you know their whole thing is like family is what it's all about and you're you're, yeah. you're having a family and she's all that. pregnant for like one day and they're like do you know what is if it, yeah i hope it's a boy yeah i hope like, it's a boy like eight hours pregnant yeah. He's like, I we we think we hope it's a boy. Yeah, we hope it's a boy so that we can not teach it about the mafia and it'll join anyways and then get killed eventually. We hope it's a boy because then AJ can bequeath all of his corn T-shirts to somebody. <laughs> You'll have someone to go to the Slipknot concert with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chrissy like toasts with water, and uh, you know he's he's kind of like putting um, the wisdom of Tony and the wisdom of AA on the same pedestal, and um, I almost feel like subconsciously Tony, there's like a little bit of uh, I don't know jealousy or whatnot, but he, there's there's part of him that 
knows he's competing here with uh, the wisdom of AA, so he's not. Uh, I don't know if he's I think happy he, about well, he that. He just associates that with complete weakness. Weakness, like to yeah. him, that's that's a giant weakness. So to be like Tony, you and this other thing, and mm-hmm. th- he hates it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Chris and Tony, uh, they, they go up somewhere to make some sort of trash deal. I don't, I don't know. Um, they got that plot point out of the way, like lickety split. I actually yeah, don't th- yeah. I think it's specifically a nothing point to be like, Tony could have been like, Chrissy, we got to go do mundane thing where nothing mm-hmm. exciting happens. <laughs> yeah. That's right. what it's supposed to be. Right. It's like, it, Chrissy, we got to do placeholder mundane repetitive right. activity. Uh, okay, yes. T. That's like yeah. when the, when, uh, Paul McCartney sings the nonsense line and they just leave it in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he's just like, he's just got to do something in Pennsylvania. It doesn't, it's like, we got to go, we got to go MacGuffin. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to go do the MacGuffin real quick. Alabania, go into Pennsylvania. Oh, but it sounds so boring. <laughs> um, well, you do know all the lyrics. Um, but yeah, so they go up and they do some boring shit. And then on the way back, they get lost because, uh, I don't know, the, the, the well, map. Christopher webs- tried to map blast it, but then he yeah, yeah, map, to- <laughs> map quest or something because he's like, are we 0.7 miles past this it was, exit? It was yet? called Map Blast, which I map really enjoyed. Blast. I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. that they called it Map Blast. Yeah. He got he accidentally map blasted himself and uh, they <laughs> yeah. oh, I got map blast all over my stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to map bust. Um, and so, uh, they're, they're map blasting, they get lost, Tony has to go pee, and then they kind of happen upon this, like, robbery that's taken place of uh, a bunch of, a couple of bikers who are stealing, uh, like, crates of wine and an ATM machine, and, uh, just kind of decide... Classic biker shit, stealing expensive French wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was I mean, so weird. It, like I expected if them to. You know to, the vipers like I do, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I expected them to open the uh, the wine crates and there to be meth in there, but it was like, no, it's it's wine. They're stealing wine. Okay. Yeah, straight up. And yeah. I, I I like that they just kind of made the impulsive decision to like rob the people doing the robbing. It was uh, it, you know, it was they this... it, it was something outside of the mundane, the fucking you know regularness of life that they were just like finally some fucking action. The, yeah, this was sort of like a low-key pine barrens this is like the yeah this the the junior version of the pine barrens because like you sort of expect the biker gang to come back into the picture somehow like they just right rob these guys while they're out of town with uh new jersey plates on the car and then they right. go and stay at a hotel presumably nearby like they wouldn't be like that hard to find you would think but uh, i just think it's all, all nothing out. it's yeah. all just it's all just the boring was interrupted and it felt we felt something for a minute it's yeah literally, they were on the they were just on the teacup ride yeah <laughs> and then it, it went a little off the rails that's exactly but right they got shot at yeah and they're 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 uh you know although they don't react to the extreme uh measures as mm-hmm. everyone on the teacup ride did um <laughs> you mean in trying to sue dude that Janice doing that is like oh it's, <laughs> it's so fucking yeah. funny Janice she, in she, when she showed up in the neck brace <laughs> is just like it's the funniest it also it I think they do a good job of just sprinkling in the racism that is so rampant mm-hmm. amongst them oh, where they're sure. just like can you I bet they're gonna go ask for a bunch of pesos and Janice yeah. is like they're like shaking them down for like $25,000 it's so great like uh, and you're right it does uh I think directly parallel the this plot point that um uh, 
that this point that Tony makes about like why do people like rides? Because at the same time, Saint Elzir's <laughs> festival is happening, and um, his whole thing is that uh, people like rides because they want to feel feel like a thrill, you know, because yeah. everyone's fucking bored, and uh, and that is exactly I think what is happening in this scene is that I like, mean Tony is one he is a mob boss yeah he is a mob boss he is involved in such extreme danger mm-hmm. all of the time and he could have died stealing wine yeah from behind a bar but he just needs that fi- i mean it's it's the same as you know chris doing drugs it's the yeah. same as we have everything and we still need to feel something it's yeah. just this to me that i mean this is what he well, he got the release exactly, yeah. of being out of danger, which he usually doesn't. He usually lives with right. this low-level, vague threat to his life, where in this case, it was like this very specific guy with a gun, uh, now they're gone, now we're okay. Like, it mm-hmm. had a beginning, middle, and end, like his dread usually doesn't yeah. have. I really right. did like uh, the accuracy of their accuracy in the gunfight. <laughs> yeah, where Chris yeah, actually yeah. hits him, and he's like, fuck it, I fucking yeah, hit him! I fucking like, hit him! <laughs> Yeah, because he's just shooting like an idiot out the back of Tony's Tahoe, right? Or suburban or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and then afterwards, just been like, "Fuck you!" It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, that's what the bullet is for. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> the guy's uh, like, "I think that guy accidentally shot me." Who yelled, "Fuck you!" Oh, he shot me on purpose. Yeah. Oh shit! I thought it was an accident. Um, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And then they, they sit around uh, and, you know, enjoy the spoils of their wine um, and uh, and just reminisce about what had just happened. And I have a clip yeah. of that. How about that prick's face when he saw the gat? <laughs> Grizzly Adams, motherfucker. Oh, bo, bo. Whoa, take it easy. <laughs> Don't away with the vipers. <laughs> Just straight up mocking someone they probably <laughs> yeah. murdered. Yeah, nothing funny actually happened, but they have to try so hard to turn it into like a funny anecdote. This is also <laughs> such like a uh, once. This is a pretty massive sport. Ah, so remember when is a big theme? Yes, yes. And remember 100%. when becomes the biggest theme? Oh yeah, or oh, at yeah. least one of them towards the end of the show. Yeah, and you reflect on everyone Tony has a good time remembering winning with mm-hmm. doesn't have a great. Lo- 
Because I believe you remember Wen's with Polly, once again, who lives. Yeah, right. Everyone else, but Tony sits around and shoots the shit with Syl and with Chris mm-hmm. and with Bobby all yeah. of the time. Yeah. I mean, that, you know. And he seems to resent, uh, uh, what is it, reminiscing. Yeah, because he res- it reminds him of everyone in his life is dead. Right, right, exactly. Because but- all, all you can do is look back with all these dead people. So for all for of his him- memories are dead. So he's like I, sitting around remembering stuff is the what's he called the lowest form of conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because in all his stories, everyone's fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just uh, it just brings sadness. Which uh, even after like seven years of therapy, he still does not know how to process. Well, and when you're remembering when and you're lying every time you remember when, even to <laughs> yourself. Yes, like if. Yeah. Chris remember when's about Adriana he's everything he's saying is a lie because he yeah. actually does remember what happened when these guys remember when about big pussy they're mm-hmm. lying about yeah. you know what I mean you remember they're lying they're telling themselves all these lies and all these coping things yeah so yeah I would hate reminiscing too if I resented everything I'd ever done right and if you're always worried about <laughs> being taped and therefore all of your That's reminiscence yeah. are filled with just uh, all like all of our remembering when is evidence. It's all evidence, so you just have to euphemistically talk about literally the biggest events of your life. Yeah, and um, they do a good job uh, in this episode of doing that uh, vis-a-vis the Adriana uh, hit because uh, rather than having him skirt around it by being like, you know, that night when you helped me, which is probably yeah. all he can actually say, yeah. um, they actually show the scene. And uh, it's a long clip, but I think it's it brutal. is It is some of Michael Imperioli's fucking best work. He's fantastic. Adriana. What about her? <laughs> Feds. Jesus fucking Christ. How long? How fucking long? A year, I don't know. When'd you find out? She just just told me last night. What do they know, huh? What'd she give them? I don't know. I think a lot. Ralphie? I don't know. Tony, how could you even think that? Where is she? Where the fuck is she? Where is she? Please don't. She's home. I can't. I can't do it, don't. No, please don't make me do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Right. I can't. Right. I can't do it. I'm gonna take care of it. <laughs> One of the amazing things about that scene, just like if you pull back a little bit, like Chris, when he's thanking Tony for like all you've done for me (laughs) and that night, what he's talking about is remember when you did me the favor of not making me be the one who killed my girlfriend and you did it for me. (laughs) It's like he has the relationship with Tony that Kelly, his new wife, has with him. Right. He's like, thank you so much for not making me do all of the worst stuff ever. Right, exactly, exactly. Thank you for being the magnanimous one I, and yeah. murdering Adrian. Which is often the relationships. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, Tony has a very honest reaction here that I, I appreciate. It's almost his immediate thing is self-preservation, right? Yeah. Which is Tony's immediate reaction all of the time, every moment of every day. And then it's like he notices Chris is doing something for him that Tony would never fucking do for Chris. Like yeah. he is like, Chris is like, 
I will let it's not even a question of do we have to kill Adriana to Chris. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Chris, the Chris isn't coming which Tony would expect because that's what Tony would do. Right. Is the yeah. selfish thing. Which don't get me wrong, it's all selfish. But yeah. like <laughs> he's still killing but he, he he Tony's like almost like has to process that Chris is picking him over Adriana because to Tony that's insane. Right. Because he would never pick Chris. Yeah, no, no, no. He I, would, he, he would let him die. I, I kind of like. I, I appreciated the way they did the scene the first time around, which was to basically make us imagine that scene in our heads. Like the first mm-hmm. time around, it was just uh, like that conversation happened right, they somewhere off screen, and off we found screen, out. Yeah. yeah, this is like seven episodes. Ago yeah, we found out. Like we that. found out what Ten. Christopher decided uh, secondhand, and I actually kind of appreciate. I, I kind of like that version of it more where it sort of forced mm. you to imagine I think it this helps this also came, to hit went down it does because like, I would the imagine whole reason if you've that, waited a year and a half yeah oh yeah I mean the whole reason see that, show. that like Chris and Tony can't uh have like a normal remember when uh conversation like they're trying to remember something that happened five minutes before and they're showing you <clears> why <throat> which is you know they have like this whole thing between them multiple like that's not even the first part of it like they, they didn't even flash back to the part where christopher had to like fall off the wagon and shoot up tony's car because he thought he was fucking his uh fiance yeah. at the time right yeah it like, is yeah. uh yeah they can't do I, casual I, conversation anymore but they right. really try <laughs> yeah they're trying hard they're, you know what this is like i was i was talking about this the other day but like i had an old job that i fucking hated before when i still had to go in an office and like the thing with the work was uh whenever it was somebody's birthday like we'd all go out to lunch together and the, you know, the person whose birthday it was wouldn't have to pay. And, uh, so my birthday came around and I, like when I, when I was at this job still working at a desk, like the only escape that I had was to go eat lunch by myself and read. And that was my favorite part of the day. So of course I didn't want to do like a dumb lunch thing. Uh, yeah. so I didn't sit, tell anybody it was my birthday and I thought I dodged the bullet. And then the next day my boss was like, Oh, Hey, it was your birthday yesterday. Uh, and then like three people had also called in sick that day. So it ended up just be, being me and my boss who we both completely disliked each other like it was like, like by that point it was very obvious that neither one liked the other one and we just had to sit there two people oh, on man. a bad lunch date like pretending to enjoy right. it because that was going to see if they're still gonna pay for you yeah <laughs> just like talking about random office drama that like <laughs> you you laughed about a week ago and just being like yeah. grizzly adams douchebag remember <laughs> remember that <laughs> fun remember when you were all like file those tps reports and i was like oh man oh man (laughs) but just like i mean like your job this is all them being worn they're worn and tired and calloused and but they have to legally and for like coping and mental reasons pretend none of the nothing has happened in their lives ever that's why when chris is like that they can talk about Ever. Yeah. So yeah. that's why when Chris is like, I'm having a kid, they're all like, the thing we're allowed to yes. acknowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the one subject matter that is allowed. Yeah. Any if they just when it comes to <laughs> it's easier in groups because you can just joke around. Anytime right. there's two of them, it's so much more interesting mm-hmm. in this show. Because right, right. They try and joke, but you're like, I know what you're doing. And then it's just it's all well, I don't yeah. know. Christopher it's, killed had the killed had to kill the love of his life for this guy, and uh, and he realizes they can't even really talk to each other. For right. this guy who, yeah, 
It is, man. It's it's. I was tragic. I was so emotional because this is like I, I would I, I I I would bet when this episode of this show came out and I thought this today people were like oh, it's a filler. I really think because not a lot moves forward. Everyone's kind of where they were at the beginning, at mm-hmm. the end of this, except Polly, who has like made this one choice, mm-hmm. and. Other than that, and then I think the next episode, he doesn't find out his cancer answer in this one, but I think the next one, he's like, yeah, I don't have it. You know what I mean? It's like not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Um, But I, I, this is sort of a treading episode, but I think that that's the downtime is what this show handles unlike anything else really ever. Yeah. Breaking Bad, which is a show often people talk about, is so breakneck towards the end. Oh, God. That yeah. show moves like 80 things happen in episode. There's very rarely... This show has... 13 episodes left i think or like 15 episodes left or something like that yeah and they're literally at a street fair five times right <laughs> in yeah. an hour and and it's and then you know tony has that moment where he picks up uh bobby's kid that's like mm-hmm. very like it, it, they just yeah it, i i love the treading i guess the I, fact I, that they, they take the time to take a show breath is so impressive oh like, yeah you'd, this, you'd show, expect... this show treads water better than anything and yes i love it's the point of the show yeah, is to tread is to tread water and, yeah, which is why i think that that uh, new york post piece was funny because it was like even though this uh season's this been season kind of sucks it was like yeah why because they didn't do as much like mob shit as you want also like, what is a bigger up? bolder move for a show to ever make when people call pe- people uh, some they say the show the six is boring six is what is yeah. a bigger thing the show could ever make than what if the main character didn't talk for four episodes right exactly like, what if you're in and, they, and then his head stuff is insane and it's like le- yeah. the leftovers yeah and uh but way before that mm-hmm. it's just bananas i i bet this is some revisionist history has made people oh, enjoy I think this every- season more than they did when it came out yeah i think that in general like people uh people have to rewatch it we had to rewatch it in I order to realize how i did the, with this exact episode i remember yeah, I hating remember- the, the dream sequence a lot more than i did Ended up, yeah, yeah. Uh, once once you actually rewatch it, you realize how fucking good it is. And, you also uh, think you. I remember the dream sequence as being much more dominant than it was when yeah. I rewatched right? it. Same. I was like, yeah. was this like six episodes where we never left right. this? Dream? And you're like, oh no, it's like forty minutes. And, <laughs> and and half of the reason was because we knew it was all coming to an end, and we're like, how how long are we gonna focus on this? I see. I want to see some loose ends tied up. And yeah. of course, famously, this show does not do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, Chris, you know, uh, tells that story and then, you know, he's at this point, you know, had some wine and uh, we talked about the scene where he and the junkie fucking, you know, uh, do some heroin together. And then that dolphin and the sea song plays, which is, a, I think, a great heroin song. Um, a lot and- of songs are really good heroin songs. That's true. Actually, on heroin, most songs are great. Yeah. Because um, yeah, you can see them. Yeah, you and and the emotions like you don't feel them, but you 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 know that you could if you just yeah. weren't high right now. <laughs> um, and uh, and it's you know he buys. Note, a, does it does it make you you know Chris when he sees those works? It really gets totally. Him going? Does it hundred percent? Yes, a hundred percent. Not not uh, not on film, of course, um, or at least not as much on film. But for me. I uh, like very, very rarely in my life as like a sober person have I had to be face to face with someone doing hard opiates, especially like anything intravenous. So like, um, you know, it's kind of the blessing of being a a, a recovering junkie 
um, who's not in the mafia mm-hmm. is that uh, the only people I ever see shooting up are literally homeless at that moment. Uh, <laughs> so it's like you are you immediately are met with the consequences. So right. it makes it a little bit easier not to fucking. I remember there was one time when I was living in San Francisco that some kid came to a party and was trying to sell people morphine. And it was the maddest I've ever been. Uh, and I kicked the kid out and called him a bunch of names and uh, and everyone had not seen I, I I just had not been that angry out loud in front of people and it was because it was the one thing where like the last fucking thing I want is for someone who's not fucking it was like, like the drug version homeless. of Joe's Joe's character who get who who uh, it's painful when he's horny that was like yeah. you for the drugs like you get mad because you <laughs> yeah. want drugs oh, <laughs> no mommy no uh yeah but uh <laughs> But yeah, so uh, no, I mean, if I were in a car next to a guy who is just fucking shooting up, yeah, I would be, uh, I mean, uh, I'd like to believe that I I wouldn't relapse, but I would immediately want that guy, want nothing to do with that guy, because fuck that. But but yeah, that's the tragedy of Chris, is that he he relapses, and um, he buys a house in this episode, which is nice, and then his storyline- Christopher has so much money in this episode. Is there anything funnier than, uh, if there's an inside, we'll take it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I love it because he's looking at a house in the, the way that Christopher would go house shopping, which is to- look on the outside and go like does this seem like a cool mob guy house this looks like a mansion i would have yeah, yeah. this looks like a, a mansion i could afford the cheesiest I think he looked at the fucking house. thomas kincaid stone yeah. facade <laughs> yeah strip mall horseshit and he's fucking, like, like early <laughs> aughts mini mansion in yeah. the in he the just burbs. looked at it and he just thought killing adriana was okay yeah that's right. literally what he sees yeah that's what yeah. he has to tell himself with everything he because she haunts him for the rest of the show oh yeah yeah that's what he looks at this house and he's like it was i guess it it's okay yeah like he it was sees all worth it as yeah. it's okay yeah because this i wouldn't get this if it wasn't right exactly he's justified it to himself in a thousand ways and if he can just and also like, quickly... not really ever once like right <laughs> But if he can quickly move on and replace Adriana, replace that hole with just another person and a baby and a house, then uh, he can move on. And his storyline ends, I think, fantastically with this scene where they're just standing around. Fucking Chris is in the basement with Tony. Tony's putting away all of the bottles of wine and Chris. Another perfect another perfect time to cut time. Yeah. In this episode. And I, I just, I, I really love him just fucking like standing there and just say, Hey, what's new with you? And then they just start doing the thing nothing. again. And hey, what's uh, he say? He's like, are you going to play it? I don't want to just start like quoting the scene. If you're about to play. Yeah. They, yeah. they know all the lines in the scene clip. Yeah. Yeah. No, they know him the best. They um, remember them all. But uh, no, I have the, I have the clip where they just start repeating the joke back at each other. We're with the vipers. <laughs> One night. Oh, fucking A. I'm, 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 take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> Ten four. <laughs> <laughs> you want to look on the other guy's face? What a fucking Grizzly Adams douchebag. <laughs> Just watching the death oh, of a joke. The death of joy. The it's, death of joy. A lot right? of this is like a, a lot of this episode has a lot of parts where characters say and do things that would have been funny 
to mm-hmm. each other in season one when they have optimism. Yes. And now they no longer do and they've gone through so they've calloused their relationships over mm-hmm. and it's so it's so awful i mean polly sits down and makes that joke about like rosemary he's yeah. Like, yeah i'd eat her <laughs> i eat like, her no one does anything and he's like hit <laughs> you know what i mean it's like but it's like that's a classic polly thing where like if people had any if they didn't know each other as well at this point or if they hadn't been through these things right this, this scene with tony and chris in the basement is just so chris comes down because he has nothing to do and he's sad and he's bored and he wants yeah. to be around his friend and Tony is immediately like doesn't like to be bothered and wants to be alone and so he Chris is just like I put a heater in and Tony's like good and then they stand there for like <laughs> yeah. 10 yeah. seconds and then Chris sells this wine for $300 which is probably it's probably worth like $10,000 yeah. right yeah yeah and so you're just like oh I'm junkie pricing this pricing this 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 wine yeah and, and 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 it's also like you know they they both have soured on the wine in a way because they uh yeah just because there's like there was something about the magic of it when they first got it that they loved and then sure i bet your first cheeseburger out of jail tastes great right exactly exactly and uh now uh now it's just gonna live as a relic in his basement Dude, just like bottles so of bottles. stolen <laughs> wine that he's just gonna just sit there and remind him of one one also, time that one fun thing happened he's like a mob boss who can't find a fence for wine like that's such a sad commentary on this whole <laughs> well, fucking thing well he's a new jersey mob boss you know yeah. they're lower grade mafia um but so uh, now one thing a- i don't want to gl- before we stop talking about the wine yeah I think that a specific. Sorry, I turned my mic down for a second because a helicopter. Oh, um, that's fine. Oh, you sound great. I think a very specific uh, uh, thing Tony did that he never does. Tony, the way he taunts Chris with the wine in the restaurant after the heist, mm-hmm. and does like fucking Paul Giamatti in sideways, like sniffing, yeah, and like swirling. That's not something Tony does. Yeah, he no, doesn't he's- enjoy finer things really you know he likes them as a status idea mm-hmm. and he he likes fine but he's not like he sniffs this wine and like it's a very deliberate choice um that i would imagine would be triggering to chris uh, yeah and tony would know it is that it's absolutely because he resents chris's sobriety yeah it's absolutely intentional like he's doing it because like he's like oh is that wine any good and he's like it really is right, i gotta like be eat, honest it's really eating good a, eating a sandwich slow in front of a hungry person yeah like, oh you, know, you watching you know, Matt, i didn't notice you there <laughs> over on the other side uh, heroin is actually considered food so you know that's right <laughs> It's because they got to stomp on the plant. Yeah, exactly. You got to stomp on all of the poppy buds, and so it's food. Um, yeah, I, I think he's like, he, like we've said before. I mean, he's obviously like resents his recovery because um, Tony feels, uh, I don't know, like he wants to be the only influence in this person's life, and he also. And I don't think he understands addiction, and I think he no, of course not. Yeah. It, it as a barrier to Chris being his heir. Yeah, yeah. Because he just built up Chris as this giant fake son in his head. Because right. Because he's also disappointed in his own son. In his real who then, son. <laughs> when his own son almost dies in the definitely not funny, definitely didn't make me laugh suicide attempt. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> then he realizes that is, you know, he just can't, pro- he he built everyone, but people do this to everyone all the time. And then you're let down by who someone actually is. Right. Yeah. But it, uh, to get to a storyline that is both heavy and light at the same time which is i think 
everything to do with Polly. He's always heavy and light at the same time. Polly Walnuts is throwing the St. Alziers Festival Feast. And um, we start with his storyline um, with my, him. My alternate title to this episode was Heavy is the Head That Wears the Hat. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. I, I, I like, uh, wait, why are they putting money on there? Can we talk about why it's covered in money, the show? Because <laughs> Catholics are so fucking weird and tacky. It's I so weird. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It, it's like one of my favorite things about this and The Godfather and anytime they show like uh, a group of Italians having a thing is there's always a religious symbol where you put dollars on like it's a fucking stripper. And uh, people are like, yeah, th- that's how much we love God. It's uh, it's a great religion. This whole festival was also a really good thing at like eating at the older guy's giant insecurity of change, right? Yeah. Because they they so they're so nostalgic about this festival, which these things don't exist anymore. Right? They do a little bit, almost ironically, and they're kind of coming back because people really like this stuff. Sure. But they the there's not a lot of like close down the streets street fairs. Yeah. Well, now you don't have right. to. You don't have to pray to like a weird saint with a gold hat. You just uh, you just give your money to like Gwyneth Paltrow, and she sends you some crystals, uh, and then you put right, all and your, then you, you recharge right. them in the moonlight, and then that's your uh, that's your yeah. Saint Elzir. your new wellness religion. <laughs> yeah. On the on the low, one of my favorite parts about the entire series of The Sopranos is that they didn't seem to ever audition anyone who only had one line. They seemed to pick the first person they could find. Yes. If you have one line in the show, you don't have to know how to act. You no. can look or sound like yeah. anything that's ever happened. There's literally just some dude who's like. Where's the hat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I love know. that. Hey, I thought that guy had a hat. I lo- it's like, yeah. it's like improvisers on a back wall. Well, it's probably there are some mob guys in the production. It's like, hey, David Chase, not for nothing, but my cousin could really use a SAG card, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you want to use this fucking promenade, you got to fucking put my cousin in this. He just I wants like to, to say the hat uh, line. I like to think that the, the mob influence on the show is actually just John Favreau saying they own him for letting him be in the show yeah. as himself <laughs> yeah but yeah i have a, a clip of uh of the hat stuff here he comes god bless your saint there where's his gold hat <laughs> pray for my mother saint here hey they forgot his hat <laughs> just everyone is <laughs> I, no one in the crowd I, I just, calls out like this yeah. in well, real life. I just love the way that Catholicism works, which is that you give money to the church in the hopes that the saint will pray uh, for your family, like in front of God. But it's like, well, God's never going to take him seriously if he shows up there without his gold hat. Like, yeah, what's the I, hat? Well, the hat couldn't possibly just be made of other money we extorted from religious people yeah. and melted into yeah. a hat. People melted down their wedding rings and their life savings to make a hat for a statue. Yeah, and I love that the priest tells him that. Who the priest? This priest is such like an as many, anyways. He's, oh, he's also great. an extortionist. Yes. The way that he's like, you know, we made these rings from other people we extorted. Yeah, I, I have a clip. I have a clip of Polly uh, talking to the priest. It's just that given the current cost, we feel an increase is long overdue. What kind of increase? We feel fifty thousand would be a more equitable donation. Fifty? You think this feast pays for itself? The way it seems to break down is you spend eighteen dollars for a city permit to close down the street, charge fees to the vendors in the thousands of dollars to lease out land that you don't even own. Yeah. Well, it seems to me the church has plenty in its coffers for all those pedophilia lawsuits. 
I love it because they're both right. Right. Yeah. They're both they're both absolutely correct. Like Pauly is a hundred percent right. It's almost uh, tacky for him to say it because it's like everybody was thinking it, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck are you? You're the Catholic Church. <laughs> right. But you know, you missed the cameo of Polly in Spotlight. That's the thing when he yeah. shows up to actually give his <laughs> testimonial. <laughs> Yeah, so then they had this hat that was made of gold, and then it's just like <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, like, okay, is anyone else here? Yeah, there, there's an old man at, 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 early in the scene who goes, he was an altar boy, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> that guy, but that guy's a million. Imagine <laughs> how old that guy is that he remembers all, the amount of times I remember that Polly is referenced. Boy. He remembers yeah. all of, there, there's so many... 800 year olds who remember Polly as a kid there's like no one that remembers Tony as a kid except no. Junior there's yeah. no one that remembers like Sill there's no, no one that remembers Bobby but Polly the oldest of any of them is yes. still maybe this is a a, a a reoccurring thing he's still treated like a child yes. by so many remember when he has to like defend his mom and mm-hmm. like <laughs> all these things and he's always like hey it's the little kid it's like his insecurity of like not being because he's he's like he's becomes a capo after everyone I think if I remember right like yeah. basically after everyone else in his class yeah. it's like he got his late night set last yeah and so he's like no I really do stand up I really do stand up people are like I remember you from the open mic yeah exactly I mean he's definitely uh, he he just comes off like he must have been a cute adorable little rambunctious kid for literally every senior citizen in Jersey to recognize him when as an adult. Well, he's so fastidious as an adult. He was probably like the only kid that wasn't just like running around and like with dirt on his knees. He was like the right. One he was the cleanest like one, so all the old people liked him because he never tracked dirt into his house because he's yeah. afraid. <laughs> he's afraid of everything. Um, but yeah, so uh, so basically, Polly decides fuck the hat. He's gonna do the festival without the hat. He's not gonna be extorted by the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, so. Well, like I was saying, the priest is correct in that, like, it actually does break down the way he says is he pays $12 for a permit and then he squeezes every single vendor in the city. And you see him throughout for the whole week's rent up top. Yes, exactly. Uh, And so, like, he's fucking he is just doing a mild form of extortion for everyone. You see throughout this entire episode that, like, Polly is doing the, the a, a lot of classic Polly tropes. Like he, uh, he's he gets a call from his doctor uh, because he missed an appointment, and I, yeah, he I like reminds that they foreshadowed the doctor thing with that. Like, yeah, I don't pay re- for missed appointments. He reminds he doesn't pay for missed appointments, <laughs> and then he immediately he's down is, his own prostate doctor. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and at one point when he's like getting um like a, a lemon rind with his, you know, whatever street food that he's having, he's like, make sure you don't touch the rind with your fingers. And I'm just it's like, it's also like such a poly moment to be like, uh, this is an emergency. I need to talk to the doctor. Oh, he's not here. There's another doctor. You want to talk to him? No. And then he hangs yeah. up the phone. <laughs> I only talked to the main guy. I just wanted to hassle yeah. this one man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to have a I'm just trying to have a sit down with my doctor, not yeah. some fucking, you know. Look, it's not actually an emergency. I just want this guy to know I'm mad he's gone. Yeah, can you just tell the doctor I'm scared? <laughs> um and <laughs> so yeah, uh you know, he is he's squeezing everybody at this festival and like the hat kind of like ends up being one of Polly's many moments of superstition because he's a superstitious guy mm-hmm. and um his mother kind of drives the point home when he runs into her at St. Elzir's festival um and uh, says this to him. 
You need to make a novena, Paulie. Those poor children. Well, what are you talking about? You let St. Elzia go without his hat. Will you listen to this? Fuck that voodoo, eh? You cursed your mother, a blessed nun. She had it coming. You both did. I didn't bring you up like that. You're a fake. That's how you brung me up. Fuck the two years. So, I mean, he is, you know, at this point, there's been a, uh, I, I would say a minor accident that happened on the teacup ride. Uh, by, by the way, the teacup, I don't know, Janice broke her neck. The, te- <laughs> yeah, the teacup dead. ride. The thing that I love about the teacup ride is like, you know, I have a four month old and like now you can't even bring a child home uh, from the hospital without like putting it in a car seat. Uh, meanwhile, right. like Janice has a small baby and she's like, yeah, I'm going to ride the teacup ride, but I'm just going to like yeah. hold the baby like in my lap, like on this fucking violent, right. the baby's like rotating <laughs> this, the wheel. So it this, spins. this violent amusement park ride, uh, operated by like meth head carnies. I'm totally just going to mm-hmm. have my kid in my lap and he might fly out. One yeah. thing I really notice about this is they are so consistent with the tone of how the characters speak in this show. Mm-hmm. Janice has so few lines in this episode, and every one of them is so fueled with Janicism. Yes. And yeah. even yeah. more than her, like yeah. even more concentrated is Carmela. Like, oh, sure. And we can get to that, but like the way Carmela has like three lines in this episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just as impactful as like everything that Tony does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Carmela's entire storyline in this episode is uh, being at St. Alzir's and running into uh, Adriana's mother, Liz LaServa, who informs her that um, Adriana was definitely murdered by by Chris. And uh, and well, Carm is so, actually... It's so tempting yeah. to think of Carmela... Sorry to interrupt you again, Matt. Uh, it's so tempting to think of... Carmela as like the voice of reason or like the good one in the show. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that if the show was made now, they might make, they might do that with her. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to have like the uh, strong female hero or whatever, but like David chase, uh, he, he will never let you forget that every character in the show is actually a piece of shit. The first and, thing Carmela <laughs> says is she looks terrible right yeah <laughs> yeah she looks so bad after and like the idea that, that woman's she, daughter is disappeared yeah. best case scenario disappeared like yeah you why see, isn't she hot anymore you see yeah. how willful her uh denial is in this episode she looks terrible because like, and anytime she is about to i'm sorry i didn't mean it no. anytime she's about to realize that of course Adriana's dead or anytime the whole series Carmela is about to have this epiphany when mm-hmm. it's not about like Tony infidelity she is so ready to accept the lie right she, oh like, yeah will just like fall back and Tony's like what that's fucking crazy she's like you're right it is crazy because you did say it is like what yeah, does she I... think her husband does like does she like she's so good at pretending that uh, his job wouldn't yeah. involve killing snitches even though it's like the most obvious thing in the world but Tony Tony does a great thing in um kind of like in relaxing uh Carmela's fears like he he alludes to the idea that like modern policing is very very good. It's so funny. And, Dude uh, that is like yeah. that is such an insanely contrived already yeah. <laughs> developed lie that he tells himself in his head. With it's, DNA with DNA you can't kill people. Yeah, yeah it's the greatest yeah. thing to tell a suburban mom though. Like he's yes, exactly. very much like no, the cops know everything. They're so good at their jobs. Babe, the yeah. cops are so good that's why I'm here in our kitchen. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't uh, get I, me with the lamp mic. Yeah, I have the uh, I have a clip of that scene. <laughs> 
Then again, he does have a history of being free with his hands. Oh, that makes him OJ. Let me school you on domestic violence, okay? First and foremost, there's always a... I'm sorry. Let me school you on domestic yeah. violence. Person who says to, to the Cuts mob to Tony wife. with a literal dry erase board in the basement. Yeah. And, and I like I like the idea that the only bad the only bad uh, domestic abuser is like the black famous guy that you know of. Like right, other, exactly. All the actual... he references one other guy. I don't remember who the other guy is, but he's like so he's a regular. This guy. Oh, Scott, Scott Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here it continues. Body. And 99 out of 100, it happens either in the bedroom or in the kitchen. He killed her. Believe me, with the forensics they got nowadays, the uh, fibers, we'd know about it. Yeah. That's how grapes come. He dumps her daughter, all of a sudden he's Scott fucking Peterson. I thought A dumped him. You know what I mean. There it is. <laughs> it's even like Tony's girl, story doesn't but add But the two of them together was a toxic relationship. Trust me, Calm. I know cops that are on my payroll because of the corruption and the mafia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also love him, you know, he uh, going back to like the two of them together, a lot of toxicity there, a lot of gaslighting, a lot of mansplaining. Like he knows, <laughs> he basically knows how to, uh, to take the relationship and put it in terms. Now that- us. We got a healthy relationship, yeah, Carl. Yeah, exactly. You shut up. You got ring. I'm yeah. large. <laughs> <laughs> you look other way. I fuck other ladies. You take care of me in the I hospital. I see lady on weird carnival ride for half second. Mm-hmm. I give you money sometimes. It's it just, is, uh, uh, but she is. That's like that is what makes I think her character so great is is the honesty of her. Yeah. Uh, uh, selling out. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She she's an honest sellout, and uh, you know, within reason, obviously, like you also, know, her until entire, it embarrasses her. Her right. entire job is to prov- is to make Tony uh, provide plausible deniability, and like once he's done like the bare minimum of that dance, she's like, okay, well now I can go back to uh, pretending right. that I'm not involved in any of this. Yeah, yeah. and uh, finally, kind of, sorry, oh. it's kind, it kind of reminds me of like. Uh, Men in Black, where you know there's like a huge alien event, and then they flashy thing the people, and then they give some completely like obviously bullshit explanation. Yeah, you remember when Carmela <laughs> was talking about how light reflected from refracted from Venus off of a weather balloon, and so that's <laughs> yeah. why uh, <laughs> Tony is essentially a bug in a suit, mm-hmm. in yeah. an Edgar suit. Yeah, just wearing that Edgar suit, drinking Man, that sugar really water. This show really did lack uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, though. That yeah. would have been pretty. Could have used his a little. I mean. He is Italian. Uh, so uh, this this storyline, the St. Elzir's Fest, uh, ends, of course, with um, with Paulie finding out that he might he has to go in for a biopsy, and um, uh, and Janice and uh, Bobby are 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 trying to get money from him after the accident. Um, and it, just real quick, in terms of my favorite scene, we touched on it before, but um, Janice. Um, realizing that she should be suing uh, is the funniest oh, fucking scene from it, Meadow because she's like interning at that because Meadow office. won't shut the fuck up is <laughs> is so fucking great. Yeah, I have a clip of that. I close my eyes. I can still hear the screams. Well, we should all be thankful. It's okay. My baby could have been killed, Tony. God forbid. You bet the locals will be parading in with their lawsuits. El mucho pesos. 
Just leave it alone, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> they are entitled to damages. Scumbag hillbilly. I should have kicked his ass. Yeah, and what did you do? Nothing. Just... You don't realize how prevalent the pasta slop noise is until you're only getting the audio from the pasta. It should say like pasta intensifies yeah. if you have closed captioning on. Yeah, yeah. It was. It is uh, a lot of pasta slop sounds. A lot of uh, forks hitting plates and hitting teeth. Um, but yeah, just like the idea that like Tony knows immediately. Oh, yeah. fuck. Janice is going to do some shit. I'm going to have to clean it up. It's she shows so... up in the neck brace. She shows... <laughs> the funniest. She, shows up, she shows up in a neck brace. And uh, and first, uh, you know, Bobby has been given the challenge of like, what did you do? Nothing. As if he could stop the machine from breaking. Right, yeah. Um, What's such an insane thing is that she shows up in the neck brace to the motel, the carnival worker. Right. Is that, like Bobby's going to be like, see? Yeah, look like, at Bobby's there to kick this guy's I'm ass sorry. for money. And <laughs> she's still like, keep up appearances. So they mm -hmm. buy the bit. It's like your husband just beating the shit out of him. Polly's, er, yeah. Sorry, Bobby's doing the same thing as uh, Christopher's fiance, which is, I'm sorry, Janice. I never should have let you get on that teacup ride with an unsecured baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with my unsecured baby. With my unsecured baby. Um, but but yeah. Then like, uh, Paulie uh, gets confronted by Bobby when Bobby realizes like the person who is to blame is Paulie, and um, and you know everything is kind of going wrong for Paulie at this moment. Now he's like worrying about cancer, and is he's run into his mom, who's saying all this is happening because you didn't put the uh, the hat on our on Saint Al's ear, <laughs> and he is the most superstitious person. So, and yeah. not only but Paulie gets confronted at what uh, had I written would be considered a racist event. Yeah. But instead, since it's in the Soprano, Polly gets confronted at the cannoli eating contest. Right. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, can you? Think Which is of, what it literally what an improv group would say the Sopranos took place. Can in. you right. think of a more dangerous food to uh, competitively <laughs> eat than a fucking cannoli, which is just like dairy mixed with like shards of fried shit? Like I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Though. It's like a Captain Captain Crunch eating contest. Just yeah. like just eat this bowl of dried yeah. Captain it's Crunch. It's so good. The fucking Russian tea cookie eating contest where you're just like inhaling powdered sugar the whole fucking time. I love time. that the cannoli eating contest ends with Polly just going, it's over, crown someone the champion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is crazy to me because did they all stop because these guys got into a very Italian argument? That has to be going on everywhere. Like, I just want this know. from any other point of view where they're just like, this is so dumb. Like, like yeah. someone who just took their kids to this festival. It's like, fucking, yeah. these guys are always so loud. The guys from the deli. Yeah. And all I want to do is listen to this pretty funny host of the cannoli eating contest make jokes. Right. And when he says they all pass the steroid test, that's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. And I also love when Bobby says this line uh, to to him when he's yelling. Good morning, Paulie. I go, you shit. My wife's got nerve damage. I'll cut too. <laughs> His wife absolutely does not have nerve damage, but no. you know, that's Janice. Janice always has an ailment that you can't see. You could devote a whole a whole entire podcast to breaking down the uh uh coping hole filling mm -hmm. mechanisms of of characters and Bobby being no exception with what happens with his wife mm -hmm. in the Z D and then letting someone so wrong for him fill this hole. Janice brings nothing to the table. Literally from a she, literal she, or metaphorical standpoint. She makes she, his food. 
She literally says, uh, she literally says as much at one point when he's trying to, she's trying to get him to get over Karen. She goes, I'm here. She's dead. It's like, that's the one thing you brought is yeah. you're, you're here <laughs> yeah. right now. You are yeah. currently alive in front of me. I mean, kind of an yeah. important factor. Yeah, no, well, you from have From a to, legal standpoint, yes. It's like the lowest bar, you know, being alive, but it is an important one. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, uh, after this, Pauly has uh, realized that, you know, he's kind of, you know, he, he might have cancer and he's is feeling superstitious. So uh, he decides to go over to Nucci's uh, home in, at uh, Green Grove and sit and watch the Lawrence Welk program where some weird fucking, I don't even know, Norwegian dance is happening. And they, uh, yeah, they have a cute little moment he where they just says, sit. like, I dressed up extra Norwegian or something yeah, like, yeah. insane <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's very cute, um, you know, seeing him kind of n- not quite make up with Nucci, but decide that, like, he needs to, he does need to make sort of an amends for um, for everything. If only because that's the deal in order for for God to not give him cancer, which is... I love the transactional relationship with God that all these guys have. Uh, it's like instilled, obviously, by the Catholic Church, but in general, they are just like God is just another n- mob boss who you sure. have to, you have to like please and have a sit down. As, as people pay them off for safety in the neighborhood, they must pay off God for safety in heaven. Exactly, and or it's else like God a joke, is but give you kind of serious. Yeah, yeah, straight up though. And, uh, yeah, and then it ends with, I think, uh, Tony, um, you know, taking Janice's baby and being like, oh, you want you want a fucking thrill? I'll give you a thrill, you piece of shit. And um, and gives her an adorable little airplane ride. And uh, and that's that's the episode. That's what happens. Um, uh, Let's real quick do favorite, least favorite or not mentioned. Vince, do you have a favorite scene, a least favorite scene or something I didn't touch on? Yeah, my favorite. I mean, the is the christopher scene where uh you know he's he's like she's probably having a kid with some other guy now that fucking tramp like yeah it reminds me of uh can't hardly can't is it can't hardly wait when they're at the beginning when they all make the pact to break up with their girlfriends and one of the Mm. guys like his voice is breaking yeah fuck jen like he's he can't go he can't actually uh insult adriana like without sort of crying but he uh he has to to make himself sound extra hard when he does it yeah, it is. It is a is a great scene. What about Kyle? Do you have a favorite scene, least favorite scene, or a scene we didn't talk about? Uh, we talked a little about Chris in the car. I think a a, a, a underrated thing that The Sopranos does that people don't talk about is uh, the scene where Polly sees the Virgin Mary in the strip club. Yes. That's- a half of a second long that you could talk about for an hour. Like yeah. that is absolutely <laughs> so loaded, and it's very weird to me that like. We see the aberration or the vision or whatever before Polly does. Mm-hmm. We don't even see Polly seeing it until after we do. So you're like, was that it? It's not real, right? But like, what? How are we supposed? There's a. It's very loaded and it's a half second long. And once again, it is a very important thing happening at this strip club. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know, it, yeah, it's very loaded. Like it immediately makes you think of. Putting all the dollar bills onto St. Elzir's yeah. statue. You and know? then he lets that guy in, and the first thing the guy says is, like, any of the girls here yet? And you're yeah, like, well, right. this is yes. who was here. Yeah, who's here is uh, the Virgin Mary, and she's ready to bounce Which is a good stage milkers. name as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's pretty great. I, in terms of my own favorite, least favorite, I mean, I said my absolute favorite is Janice in this episode. Fucking... 
realizing she should sue. I thought I thought that was very very good. Um, I also liked Tony in the bathroom talking to Polly about the biopsy, and he just says to him, you know, because like Polly's like working himself up into a state, and <laughs> Tony just goes, "It's a biopsy. Get a grip," which uh, I think is. I don't know. Come it's on, it's a, a big, it's a big, giant, important thing. It stop, is. Stop building it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, re- relax. It's only possibly cancer. But you know what, Tony? Because he's such a hypocrite about this. Mm-hmm. He's such a hypocrite about this. Mm-hmm. Tony would be like, "Come on, fucking relax." And then he'll go talk to Melfi and be like, "My friend's dying." Uh, yeah. And exactly. like, he's got eight cancers. Yeah. Probably. Exactly. Then I the mean, next week, we got very lucky. Yeah. Tony has the outlet. So he's almost like, uh, you know, for him, it, it, it allows him to be completely emotionally unavailable for anyone in his life because he can save it all for Melfi, which is yeah. uh, pretty great. Um, yeah. And if I had to think of uh, what is the real gangster of this episode, I would say hats. Hats. Um, and finally... Uh, if I had to give a grade to this episode, and I do, because it's the law, I don't know. I'd say I'd give it a, I'd give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Ooh, tough one. I mean, definitely a transitional episode, but as we've said, uh, The Sopranos does transitions and treading water better than any other show. Um, mm-hmm. Therefore, I give it a solid B plus. Oh, all right. That's a surprise. Kyle Errors, what, uh, what would you give this episode in terms of a letter grade? Uh, I think we should live in a post-grading society. I think it just puts <laughs> an unfair burden on people to try and, uh, you know, everyone's good at something. So totally. it's, it's unfair to like put everyone on the same scale. So maybe I'd be more of a numeric thing, like a 87 to 89%. That's, that's, hey, I think, you know, if we added that together, if we put a part of percentage, uh, yeah, I think that's a solid B plus episode of The Sopranos. And a solid A-plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Kyle Ayers, thank you so much for coming Thanks on for the pod. Me. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Kyle Ayers on Instagram and Twitter, and you can kind of find stuff from there, kyleayers.com. I'm just thinking, what if I just got an episode I was ambivalent about? This would have been wild, but I didn't, mm. so that's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's always something to talk. We've, we've done episodes we were ambivalent about, and there's always one yeah. thing that we're like, that was the greatest thing I've ever yeah. seen. But, but thank you for having me. Yeah. So find, find me on the internet, guys. That's really all we got left with the world as it is right now. You yeah. We can't go right outside, away. so yeah. find all of us on the internet. KyleAyers.com for all of his... uh, Is that the website? Did I say that right? Yeah. Hell yeah. KyleAyers.com. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes in which we talk about other things, non-Sopranos related. We talk about movies. We talk about uh, fucking music. We don't really talk about music. But uh, also, the $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, do you have your... Do you have your... Uh, mafia name hat Ooh, on I'm, I'm cracking my knuckles okay all right the first we have is mika uh we're gonna call her the slav well they're gonna call her the slav yeah yeah you know <laughs> hey go see the slav yeah because she like mika's feels like a slavic yeah name. yeah yeah that's right all right, all right hell yeah, yeah, yeah all right yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we have next scott vincent Hey, Scott Vincent, why don't you pick a first name? We'll call him uh, Scotty two times. 
Scotty two times. Very good. And then I think a returning $8 donor, Shell Shoe. I feel like I might have uh, nicknamed him the Giving Tree last time around, but I feel yeah. like uh, that's a good nickname, you know? Oh, no. You got to give him a new one. He's he's, he's bumped up oh, again. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh <laughs> Uh, the shoe shell shoe uh, blue suede. We call him. Uh, we call, we call him uh, the what's Elvis's nickname again? Um, uh, the king. The king. Yeah, we call him the king. <laughs> <laughs> what is that difficult to remember? <laughs> minuscule nickname Elvis had. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like God. It's God ish. Whoa, what is it? God, but it was inherent. Mm. Uh, all right, next is Wesley Kaysen. Hey, why don't you get off of my Kaysen over here? Uh, all right. We call him Counselor. All right, he's, Counselor. He's taking the case Counsel- on. You yeah, know? he's taking cases. I got it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, finally, Rob Swanson. Ah, uh, well, you got to call him uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, no, we call him the meme. We call him the meme. Rob Swans- Swanson, the meme. Those are your $8 patrons for the week. Once again, patreon.com slash frockcast. Bump up to $8. And not only do you get the episode, but you get a fucking cool-ass nickname that Vince thinks up on the spot. And it's very good. Frockcast at gmail.com for all of your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop Zoning Chris riding somewhere. Jacking bikers. Top shelf wine. Both of them glowed and laughing. Chris relapsing on some age alone. He's once again. Recovery blow Chris buys a home Me and Tom have memories Like the time he killed my girlfriend for snitching Polly Walnuts is tanning Party planning Saying how's ears feast Polly's doctors won't answer If he has cancer Sees his mom at home She tells him at tone He grumbles and groans They're at Green Grove Me and Ma have memories Longer than the gray wings running through my hair Vince's mom eats the poo-poo His dad does too They drink calm Vince will cry when his mother Sucks my boner Now I'm Vince's new dad my name's L.A. Matt In that ass with that cat Flap, 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 flap Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.